Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Catherine, and I'm continuing the journey through the Bible stories. Today, I'm going to talk about the story of Cain and Abel. As we all know, Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden at this point of Chapter Four in Genesis. Unfortunately, this is also the first homicide in human history, and it happened within the same family. So Adam and Eve slept together, and we all know this is a euphemism, so I won't elaborate on it. And Eve gave birth to Cain. She said, "I have gained a male child with the help of God." I believe at this point Eve still recognized her birth to Cain was with God's help, a partnership with God in creation. She didn't take credit for having the son all to herself. Cain in Hebrew means to create or to make. Later, Eve gave birth to her second son Abel, and he was a keeper of sheep. The name Abel was not given by Eve, unlike Cain. Abel means vapor, in Hebrew, and most likely it was given by the author to show that Abel lived a short life. His life on earth was like vapor. Now the Bible describes、uh, Cain became a tiller of the soil, and Abel tended to the sheep. Cain brought offerings to God from the fruit of the soil, but Abel brought the choicest of the firstborns from his flock. From the wording, it was obvious that Abel gave his best to God, and it showed he really valued God in his life. Cain, on the other hand, brought offerings too, but it was not his best. It is really a difference in intention. This. Teaches us that when we give offerings to God, it should be our best, and God sees our intentions, and not how much we give.、Um, whatever is valuable to you, when you offer it to God, God accepts it with a smile. I think. I don't mean to say that God scorns at you when the offering is not your best, but it matters to God whether you your offering was sincere or you're just trying to please other people, or trying to make yourself look good on the outside. Intention is what matters here. Cain was not happy that God did not like his offering. I mean, why did he expect God to value his offering when he hadn't given much thoughts to it? I guess it's just human jealousy at work. It is interesting here that God didn't address Cain's unhappiness directly. God's words more directed at a moral stance. If you do right. At this point, Cain hadn't done anything wrong yet. He gave offerings to God and had not killed his brother Abel. But God was addressing his mental issues. God knew Cain would do something bad, and it was triggered by Cain's thoughts and his jealousies towards Abel. In the NIV translation, it says, "If you do what is right, will you not be accepted?" From the sound of it, it makes sense because it looked like the whole situation had to do with. The offering, but the word "accepted" did not address Cain's real problem. It's not as if God didn't accept Cain's offering; He just looked on Abel's with favor. So I'm going to go with a different translation. Uplifted. I think this describes the whole situation more fit- fittingly, since Cain was overwhelmed by his own anger and jealousy.、Uh, to come out of his deep swamp of negative feelings was much more important. What God said in the following will make more sense. He said, "But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it." 
God was warning Cain that if he continued to sulk and pout, bad thoughts and and eventually bad behaviors will follow, um, aka sin. Cain needed to take himself out of the negative feelings and to rule over sin. Unfortunately, Cain did not heed God's words. In the next verse, while Cain and Abel were in the field, Cain killed Abel. I just. I guess jealousy can really kill a person, literally and figuratively. This tale explains the danger of our thoughts and all the bad things that would follow if we continue to let our anger, jealousy, envy, madness, etc. to rule over our lives, to rule over our thoughts. And just like a weak human being, Cain could not control his behavior, even when God tried to warn him. I don't like to lecture, but I think it is important to remind ourselves not to be always led by our passions, especially when those are the negative ones. What happened next was like a horror movie. God asked Cain, just like he asked Adam, where is your brother Abel? Of course God knew what happened, but God again confronted men face to face. And Cain defiantly lied. He said, I don't know, am I, my, am I my brother's keeper? I find we as humans often underestimate God's ability and authority. We think we can defy God and still live. I think we can see it from Cain's reaction to God. God, of course, doesn't let uh, Cain off the hook. He said, your brother's blood cried out to me from the ground. You shall be more cursed than the ground, which opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. As we recall from the previous chapter, the ground was cursed because of Adam. Now Cain is even more cursed than the ground. In other words, the ground was not as cursed as Cain because it accepted Abel's blood. To me, it's really like a horror movie come to life. If Cain tilled the ground and no longer yielded, food for him. Remember, Cain was a farmer. And Cain was out of job because what he relied on to make a living won't even produce for him. He got laid off by God. You know. And according to God, he shall become a ceaseless wonder on earth, a jobless wonder. Cain complained to God and he said the punishment was too great to bear. He probably assumed that his other brothers or sisters, later born to Adam and Eve, would kill him for his crime against Abel. So God agreed to protect him with a symbol on Cain's head. Later, Cain got a wife and had more children. Um, and at this point, since there were no other people on earth, we can assume that God, uh, no, that Cain married his own sister. This practice was later prohibited by God. After Cain's punishment, the later verses describe what happened to his offsprings. A few things worth pointing out here. Number one, music in cities appeared. It is difficult to say why these two particular things mattered and were recorded. My guess would be worldly enjoyment became the focus of these people's lives. Life without God would lead to physical enjoyment, but not spiritual satisfaction. Number two, the increase of violence from King's line. Lamech had two wives and he boasted to them. Lamech announced if anyone harmed him, unlike Cain, he would be avenged 
seventy-seven times. So it's not an eye for an eye; it's a body for an eye. More unnecessary violence in retaliation. The last two verses delivered better news. Adam and Eve had another son, and they named him Seth. Seth's children again called on God, worshipped God, unlike King's line. Okay, so this concludes this week's Bible story. I hope you enjoy listening to it. I would like to encourage everyone to read the Bible and find more interesting things about it yourselves. I'm offering my interpretation of it, but I believe everyone can find their own new meanings and applications of the text if you try hard. My interpretation is not the definitive, or even authoritative version of the Bible story. I may have missed some things in between. That you would find interesting or puzzling, so please dig into the story and be thoroughly enjoying the Bible yourself. Please read ahead to chapter five, and we'll reconvene next time. Bye.